Hey brother. You know, I was working on the next episode in our discussion of Thomas Watson's book, A Godly Man's Picture. And I had recorded the audio and I was in the process of editing. And I realized that for some reason, I don't know why I was fiddling with the setup here. And so there was all sorts of static in the background at various places, just really distracting and annoying. So I wanted to re-record all of that for you. I don't want to give you something that would be obnoxious to listen to. However, I had promised uh, one of our brothers that uh, I would put something out every week uh, more consistently. So rather than go back on that promise, I thought I'd drop in a little bonus episode here, uh, one take style, so you'll get some of the extra ums and gaps that I'm trying to work out of my on-mic presentation. But I wanted to give you some word of encouragement for this evening. I know it's late, you probably won't see this until tomorrow morning, but hopefully when you see it in your feed, it'll be a blessing to you. Tonight I wanted to read uh, a couple of verses from the Psalms and a little bit of uh, commentary on it. Verses I keep coming back to. I don't know if it's the season of life I'm in, the stage of life my family's in, but these verses have, have felt really meaningful to me as of late. Maybe they will to you, you know, even if you're not exactly in the same stage or season that I'm in, but hopefully you will be encouraged by it. I mean, after all, it is, it is God's word, so it, it's a, it'll bless you no matter what, no matter where you are in your life. But this is Psalm 127, a song of ascents, a psalm of Solomon. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks to his, with his enemies in the gate. I want to focus in on that second verse. It is vain to rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Now I don't miss the irony of the fact that I'm recording this at 11.27 p.m., when hopefully most of you are already in bed. I have a bit of a night owl habit I need to get out of. But this verse is important, I think, for a couple of reasons. Too often, we end up eating the bread of anxious toil. Not just toil, but anxious toil. Our worries about work, 
providing for our households, planning for the future. They keep us up late or they get us up early. And it's, it's too easy to um, meditate in the wrong way. Rather than meditating on God's goodness and his faithfulness and his word, we meditate on all the things we can't control, all the, all the fears that we can't defend against fully. That meditation, that fretting, it's, it's a lousy diet. So we go back to verse 1. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Which means whatever you're building, brother, if the Lord is not in it, if the Lord is not building it, it's a waste of time and energy. You need the Lord to build your house. And if he is building your house, then your labor is not wasted. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stay awake in vain. My friend, you may be worried about a great many things. All the threats, all the changes, the shifting sands of a pagan culture that we live in, the variables of world politics and military threats and how that affects not only the safety of the world but the economy of the world and how that all trickles down to us. But staying up, fretting about such things, you're watching in vain. Because if the Lord is not watching over us, there is nothing we can do to defend ourselves or protect ourselves. On the other hand, if the Lord is watching us, then we can sleep because we know that we're protected. We know that all things will indeed work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So, my encouragement to you, brother, whether you see this tonight or you see this tomorrow morning, trust the Lord. Trust that he is good. Trust that he is watching. Trust that he is building. And receive the blessing of rest. And enjoy the family you've been given. Enjoy the church family you've been given. The community that he has placed you in. Uh, I'll finish up by reading a few words from our brother Charles Spurgeon on this verse number two. Again, no edits, so you'll hear what it normally sounds like when I stumble over words and have to restart things. This is what uh, Spurgeon writes about this verse, uh, Psalm 127, verse 2. Because the Lord is mainly to be rested in, all carking cares, mere vanity, and vexation of spirit. We are bound to be diligent, for this, is, for this the Lord blesses. We ought not to be anxious, for this, this, that dishonors the Lord, and can never secure his favor. 
Some deny themselves needful rest. The morning sees them rise before they are rested. The evening sees them toiling long after the curfew has told the knell of a parting day. They threaten to bring themselves into the sleep of death by neglect of the sleep with re which refreshes life. No, I didn't expect them to be stepping on my toes too. Dang, okay. Nor is their sleeplessness the only index of their daily fret. They stint themselves in their meals, they eat the commonest food and the smallest possible quantity of it, and what they do swallow is washed down with the salt tears of grief, for they fear that daily bread will, fa will fail them. Hard-earned is their food, scantily rationed, and scarcely ever sweetened, but perpetually smeared with sorrow, and all because they have no faith in God, and find no joy except in hoarding up the gold which is their only trust. Not thus, not thus would the Lord have his children live. He would have them, as princes of the blood, lead a happy and restful life. Let them take a fair measure of rest and a due portion of food, for it is for their health. Of course, the true believer will never be lazy or extravagant. If he should be, he will have to suffer for it. But he will not think it, need, he will not think it needful or right to be worried or miserly. Faith brings calm with it, and banishes the disturbers who both by day and by night murder peace. And then the phrase, for he so giveth his beloved sleep. This is what Spurgeon writes. Through faith, the Lord makes his chosen ones to rest in him in happy freedom from care. The text may mean that God gives blessings to his beloved in sleep, even as he gave Solomon the desire of his heart while he slept. The meaning is much the same. Those whom the Lord loves are delivered from the fret and fume of life and take a sweet repose upon the bosom of their Lord. He rests them blesses them while resting, blesses them more in resting than others in their moiling and toiling. God is sure to give the best thing to his beloved, and here we see that he gives them sleep, that is a laying aside of care, a forgetfulness of need, a quiet leaving of matters with God. This kind of sleep is better than riches and honor. Note how Jesus slept amid the hurly-burly of a storm at sea. He knew that he was in his father's hands and therefore he was so quiet in spirit that the billows rocked him to sleep. It would be much oftener the same with us if we were more like him. It is to be hoped that those who built Solomon's temple were allowed to work at it steadily and joyfully. Surely such a house was not built by unwilling laborers. One would hope that the workmen were not called upon to hurry up in the morning or protract their labors far into the night, but we would fain believe that they went on steadily, resting duly, and eating their bread with joy. So at least should the spiritual temple be erected. Though, truth to tell, the workers upon its walls are all too apt to grow cumbered with much serving, all too ready to forget their Lord and to dream that the building is to be done by themselves alone. How much happier might we be if we would but trust the Lord's house to the Lord of the house? What is far more important? How much better would our building and watching be done if we would but confide in the Lord who both builds and keeps his own church. That's a good word. Good night, brother. Talk to you later.